0: listeners, and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. This is your 10-minute mystery edition, a little slice of intrigue in the middle of your week. I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder, and with us, as always, our storyteller and journalist, Paula Schleiss. Hi, everybody. The fear of being buried alive is an ancient obsession, and not without reason. There are reports of it happening with the Romans 2,000 years ago. And those fears were really stoked in the 19th century after Edgar Allan Poe wrote his 1844 story, The Premature Burial. After that, preoccupation with being buried alive was given a name, taphophobia. And safety coffins were marketed that would allow those mistaken for dead to communicate with the outside world in some way such as a rope connected to a bell and a supply of food and water inside until you could be unearthed. In more modern times, people even buried loved ones with telephones so they could call home if they woke up. Among those who were said to have made special provisions upon their death because they feared being buried alive were the author Hans Christian Andersen, the composer, Frederick Chopin, Alfred Nobel, whose will created the Nobel Prizes, and the French painter, Renoir. Even George Washington told his secretary if he were to die not to let anyone bury him for three days, he wanted to be clearly decomposing before they put him in the ground. Of course, we can't know how many people have been buried alive, by the very nature of sealing someone in a coffin and putting them six feet underground, well, it's simply unknowable. But there was, on occasion, something that caused a person to be disinterred, which in turn revealed a horrible mistake had been made. This is the story of Anna Mary Hochwalt. Anna was born in Dayton, on July 9, 1865, to Teresa and George Hochwald. Her dad was an interesting man. George immigrated to the United States from Germany with his parents when he was 11 years old, and the ship they traveled in was wrecked during a storm. Some of the passengers drowned, but he and his family were rescued and taken to Baltimore. As a young man, George decided to head west and he settled in Dayton. There he plied his trade making shoes, established the city's first shoe store, and grew it into a very profitable enterprise, and became a well-respected businessman in Dayton high society. Anna was the 10th of his 12 children. George had six children with his first wife, then was widowed. Anna was one of the six children born to his second wife, Teresa Lothaman, who came from Canton, Ohio. Anna was well-loved and had a lot of friends, but she wasn't always in the best of health. She was naturally nervous and, on occasion, suffered from heart palpitations if she got too excited. January 9, 1884, would be a test for her condition. That day, 18-year-old Anna was preparing for the wedding of her 23-year-old brother, Edward. Edward was betrothed to Miss Emma Schwind. And so the afternoon of January 9, at the Hockwalt family home at 349 South Main Street, the entire bridal party was present, getting ready for the ceremony at the nearby Emmanuel Church on Franklin Street. Anna was in good spirits that day as she dressed for the event. She told her mom she'd had a pleasant night and woke up feeling refreshed. Anna had been in perfect health all winter, so her parents probably had no reason to expect the excitement of the day would afflict her flawed heart. As the hour to depart for the church came near, Mrs. Hochwalt noted that snow had fallen and covered the walks outside. She fetched a broom and headed out the front door to sweep them clear. As she passed Anna on the way to the porch, Anna said she would sweep the sitting room and put things in order for their return. Twenty minutes later, around 5 p.m., Mrs. Hockwalt went into the sitting room in search of Anna. When she didn't find her there, she went to the kitchen to put the broom away. And there was Anna sitting on the floor, leaning against the pump, completely motionless. Mrs. Hochwalt swept Anna into her arms and tried to wake her. She didn't respond. The mother called out for help, and the bridal party came running downstairs. They took Anna to the sitting room and laid her on the sofa near the warm fire. But they couldn't revive her. They started to believe she was dead the doctor was sent for, and Dr. Jewett examined Anna. Failing to rouse her, he confirmed their worst fears. But what could kill such a young woman so suddenly? The doctor ruled it was a sympathetic heart palpitation brought on by Anna's nervous disposition. Basically, he was calling it a severe case of anxiety. Meanwhile, at Emmanuel Church, Mass was already being read for the ceremony, which was supposed to begin at 6.30 p.m. The guests moved restlessly in the pews, unaware of the reason for the delay. Then a messenger arrived to deliver the news to Father Charles Hahn. Hahn announced Anna's death to the gathering, and they filed out of the church, some stunned, some weeping. Father Charles himself hurried to the Hockwald home to perform the last rites over Anna. When that was done, he suggested they go ahead and follow through with the wedding right there at the home. And so Edward and Emma exchanged vows in front of their family and the small wedding party. The Dayton Herald reported the bittersweet day under the headline, Cupid and Death, The Little God of Love, and the grim reaper clasp hands. The story began, One of the saddest and most touching events ever recorded in the annals of this city happened this morning, and a household that should have seen nothing but joy and gladness on the occasion of a marriage is now bowed with grief, and congratulations and rejoicing is hushed by sorrow and weeping. Now, the very next morning, Anna was buried at Calvary Cemetery. Embalming wasn't unheard of in the late 1800s, but it wasn't routine, so most bodies needed to get into the ground as soon as possible. Calvary Cemetery, by the way, was a beautiful final resting place. It's located in the nearby city of Moraine, 200 acres of high ground that offer a sweeping vista of Montgomery County and the view of Dayton's skyline. But there were several people at the funeral who were uncomfortable about all of this. They had seen Anna before the coffin lid was closed, and they thought she didn't look dead at all. Her friends pointed out her ears. They bore a remarkably natural color, not the ghastly pallor that they had come to expect on a dead person. In the days that followed, Anna's friends continued to point this out until the thought of it was so disturbing, Mr. and Mrs. Hochwald decided to go ahead and have her disinterred just to be sure. A couple of weeks after Anna's death, this story began circulating in newspapers around the country under the headline, Buried Alive. A sensation has been created here by the discovery of the fact that Miss Hochwalt, a young woman of high social connections, who was supposed to have died suddenly January 9, was buried alive. The horrible truth was discovered a few days ago, and since then it has been the talk of the city. It is stated that when the coffin was opened, it was discovered that the supposed inanimate body had turned upon its right side. The hair of the head had been torn out in handfuls and the flesh of the fingers had been bitten from the bones. The body was reinterred and efforts were made to conceal the case, but there are those who state that they saw the body and know the truth of the facts narrated. Now, after these stories ran, the family insisted that was all untrue. On February the 5th, 1884, A couple of days after this report was first published in some papers, the Dayton Herald said it sent a reporter to investigate the matter and found it to be completely wrong. The newspaper wrote, It is unknown how these reports commenced, but there is not the shadow of foundation in them. A reporter has thoroughly investigated the matter, and the corpse of Miss Anna Hockwald is calmly sleeping the sleep of death in her grave just as she was placed in her coffin a few weeks ago. Still, the whispers persisted. That story of her being buried alive was a wire story that continued to make the rounds. It kept showing up in papers, even days after the Dayton Herald's attempt to quash it. There were those who believed someone was covering for the influential family, who were so horrified, but what had been done, They just couldn't admit it. It's interesting to note that the matter was never again addressed in the media. Anna's siblings went on to have long lives and successful careers, with the occasional portrait or newspaper profile written about them and their various milestones. The news obituaries of Anna's father, George, and her brother, Edward, for instance, were front-page affairs. But Anna and the circumstances of her death were never, ever mentioned again. In an 1897 history book called The Centennial Portrait and Biographical Record of the City of Dayton and of Montgomery County, there was a substantial profile of the Hawkwald family listing all of George's children, with the exception of Anna. She was not only ignored, the book said George and Teresa— had only five kids, wiping Anna from existence. Others point out what they say could be modern-day proof that Anna was at least certainly exhumed from her grave for a check. Several members of the Hochwald family are buried at Calvary, beneath individual stones around a large obelisk. But only Anna's headstone is partially sunk as if it had been disturbed long ago, and had to resettle into the soil. And that's it for our 10-minute mystery. We'll see you here Sunday for our next regular full-sized Ohio mystery episode. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week. May all of your mysteries have happy endings.